Exciting news at This Week Health. Starting May 16th, our keynote show is moving to Thursdays. Catch every episode weekly on our This Week Health conference channel. Don't miss conversations with top health system leaders designed to transform healthcare one connection at a time. Subscribe to This Week Health conference and stay updated every Thursday. Today in Health IT, we take a look at the U.S.'s first AI executive order. My name is Bill Russell. I'm a former CIO for a 16 hospital system and creator of This Week Health, a set of channels and events dedicated to transform healthcare one connection at a time. We want to thank our show sponsors who are investing in developing the next generation of health leaders, SureTest, Artisite, Parlance, Certify Health, Notable, and ServiceNow. Check them out at thisweekhealth.com slash today. We are doing a ton of things. One of, th one of the things we're doing over here at This Week Health is we put out a new service, This Week Health News. You can actually hit that on our website. Check out any story we talk about on this show. It's going to be on that site. Love to get your feedback. All right, one last thing. Share this podcast with a friend or colleague. Use it as a foundation for daily or weekly discussions on topics that are relevant to you and the industry. They can subscribe wherever they listen to podcasts. All right, I am taking this from CNBC. Biden issues U.S.'s first AI executive order requiring safety assessments, civil rights guidance, research on labor market impact. And the thing I like about CNBC is it has key points right here in the beginning, but this one is far bigger, and I don't think the three key points really capture it. So I'm going to go straight into the article. By the way, any of these stories that we talk about on the show, you can find on our website. Here we go. President Joe Biden issued a new executive order on artificial intelligence, the U.S. government's first action of its kind, requiring new safety assessments, equity, and civil rights and research on AI's impact on the labor market. While law enforcement agencies have warned that they're ready to apply existing laws to abuses of AI, and Congress has endeavored to learn more about the technology to craft new laws, the executive order could have more immediate impact. Like all executive orders, it has the force of law, according to a senior administration official who spoke with reporters on the call Sunday. The White House breaks the key components of the executive order into eight parts. You ready? Here we go. Creating new safety and security standards for AI, including by requiring some AI companies to share safety test results with the federal government, directing the Commerce Department to create guidance for AI watermarking, and creating a cybersecurity program that can make AI tools that help identify flaws in critical software. That's interesting. And probably a really good use of, of AI, identifying flaws in critical software. Anyway, next one, protecting consumer privacy, including by creating guidelines that agencies can use to evaluate privacy techniques used in AI. It's interesting on all these things. It's going to require some level of transparency and visibility into the algorithms that are being used to create these AI models. So that will be interesting to see how the organizations that are creating the AI think about it. If you look at like OpenAI and ChatGPT and <clears throat> adhering to some of these things in the executive order, are they going to have to roll back the curtain and let us look inside of their models? I don't know. Interesting. Uh, third thing, advancing equity and civil rights by pro providing guidance to landlords and federal contractors. 
to help avoid AI algorithms furthering discrimination and creating best practices on the appropriate role of AI in the justice system, including when it's used in sentencing, risk assessments, and crime forecasting. <clears throat> Number four, protecting consumer protecting consumers overall, sorry about that, by directing the Department of Health and Human Services to create a program to evaluate potentially harmful AI-related healthcare practices and creating resources on how educators can responsibly use AI tools. It's interesting that falls under HHS. They're most worried about consumers in healthcare. That's an interesting placement for that, or maybe it's just distributing the work. I don't know, but it's uh, again, interesting placement. Number five, supporting workers by producing a report on the potential labor market implications of AI and studying the ways the federal government could support workers affected by a disruption to the labor market. By the way, this has been looked at for a long time. And this is where the living wage movement has really started and stemmed from. And this is why there have been so many conversations with leaders, especially tech leaders around this topic, because there is a belief that AI will take over a lot of work that was previously done by workers. And I can see it, quite frankly. I, I really can see it. We're, we're doing a lot of things over at This Week Health where we're using AI and we're programming models. We're using some automation and those kinds of things. And it's saving us at least one FTE. And look, we're only a staff of six people. It's saving us at least one FTE. It might be saving us more than that and giving us the ability to do things we couldn't do before. So I, yeah, I see where that is going. But on the flip side, we didn't have this for automation. We don't have it for robotics. There's other areas where there's a significant impact on workers that we don't have it. It's interesting that they call this out under AI. But again, work worth doing. How, how are the American workers going to be impacted by AI? Let's see, number, whatever number it is, promoting innovation and competition by expanding grants for AI research in areas such as climate change and modernizing the criteria for highly skilled immigrant workers with key expertise to stay in the U.S. That's essentially, that's political. I'm not sure, given the economic, again, we're in a capitalist society, given the economic potential of this tool, it is going to be used. Given the time savings, given the productivity enhancements, it's going to be used. I'm not sure we need to promote innovation or competition in this space. It's going to be used, period. This is just a way for the government to hand out some money. So I'm not overly excited about that one. Working with international partners to implement AI standards around the world. That's great. Absolutely. Because uh, AI is not going to exist in a vacuum. It's not just going to be in Silicon Valley. It's not just going to be in the U.S. It is going to be around the world. And we need a coalition of players around the world who are going to be looking at the ramifications of this. And the last one, developing guidance for federal agencies' use and procurement of AI and speeding up the government's hiring of workers skilled in the field. Absolutely. The U.S. government's going to have to keep up. It's going to need skilled workers to uh, stay ahead of this. And I, procurement, again, become back to that, comes back to that transparency item. And it's one of the things I'm worried about in healthcare. It's how do we know what's in these models? And it's going to require us not just a little signed document that says, hey, we're not discriminating. It's going to require us to look at the actual algorithms. How is this 
making the determinations it's making, how is it being applied? And this is why you see people like Mayo Clinic and others talking about how they are taking a very uh, methodical, a, a very testing-driven approach to their use of AI. And it's important that we not get swept up. And there's going to be times where it's going to be easy for us to get swept up in the in the excitement of what we can do with AI. We've always got to be able to step back and say, okay, what are the consequences of this? What are the unintended consequences of this? All right, so as I look at these things, this is one of the things I told Drex we would talk about in our next show because he was uh, touting this coming out. And I said, we need to look at the consequences of this and the unintended consequences of this. The obvious consequence is there's going to be a lot more government workers around AI looking into AI. We're going to be hiring people in the federal government who understand AI. And I thought this was one of the deficiencies that we had. We have, we have senators mostly over the age of, of 70 who are looking at this technology saying, wow, isn't that a neat newfangled kind of thing? Not that they can't figure it out, not that they're not smart people, but I would love to have more experts out, or more experts helping them to understand the ramifications of this technology rather than relying on the older generation to make decisions on this. I like the fact that the older generation is guiding the ethics around this and guiding the, the direction from a use to protect the individuals in our society. However, they have to understand the technology. And in order to do that, we have to be hiring and bringing in new people. So I like that. The other direct result is just the growth of the government. That's obvious and is always the case when you have to oversee a technology like this. Let's see. I think we'll see a lot more conversations, a lot more transparency. I like that aspect of it. I think it's going to be a good to take a look behind the curtain and to have open dialogue around these things, not only in healthcare, but in all areas. I think it's good to have conversations on the impact on the uh, US and American worker and what we're gonna do, What's, what does retraining look like? What does it look like to upskill the American worker so that AI can't do their work? And if what we are hearing is to be believed, that bar keeps going up and will continue to go up. And as it continues to go up, what is going to be the ramifications? At what point is AI doing the interviews that I do? Is AI bringing the, the news to you on a daily basis? It's not that hard to imagine, quite frankly, how, how close that is. And yeah, again, I'm not worried about it. We do things like events and those kind of things. The more things you do that are people to people, that are relationship based, that requires a physical touch or physical contact, at this point, until we marry robotics with AI, uh, are not possible. To me, that's the place where the U.S. worker needs to focus, at least for the time being. Because I was even talking to somebody who was in hedge funds, who is no longer in hedge funds because he was replaced by AI algorithms. And I'm sitting there going, that's fascinating. So how far can these algorithms go? Unintended consequences. I'm sure a lot of smart people sat around and, and thought, what are the unintended consequences of this? Uh, I think anytime you put uh, government regulation around something, you slow down the, the pace at which something is moving. And that's by design. We want to slow down the pace a little bit or we wouldn't be putting these things in place. We want people to thoughtfully consider the impact of AI 
on all sorts of things, screening criteria for rentals and healthcare and the equitably providing access to care and care in the same level of quality across the board. These are good conversations to have. So this will slow things down. I'm not sure that's an unintended consequence. It's probably an intended consequence. It remains to be seen what the unintended are. I actually don't mind what I'm reading right now. I would have to read the order in its entirety. I'm sure there's things in there that favor one party or favor another party. Everything's political these days. But at the end of the day, I don't see anything, at least in this list, that causes me concern. So Drex, congratulations. I think you're right on this one. I think this was necessary and this is welcome. So we will see where it takes us and then we can talk about it later as we find the unintended consequences, which we're sure to pop up. All right, that's all for today. Don't forget to share this podcast with a friend or colleague. Keep the conversation going. We want to thank our channel sponsors who are investing in our mission to develop the next generation of health leaders. Shortest, Artisite, Parlance, Certify Health, Notable, and ServiceNow. Check them out at thisweekhealth.com slash today. Thanks for listening. That's all for now.